This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We got to face the reality of it. And you and I are a lot, you know, less emotionally detached to this than, say, a lot of the Rockets fans who are offended by the way that James Harden left this city three years ago. But we got to acknowledge this reality that there's mutual interest between James Harden and the Houston Rockets and what their offseason looks like, like how they change the complexion of this team going into next season, I think has a lot to do with whether this Harden thing is happening or not. Would you say would you say that that's that that's fair enough to say like like Harden, not to say that if they get Harden they're not going to do this or that, but like Harden is kind of the base the, the 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 starting point of what this offseason is for the for the Rockets. I, I don't know because it comes after the draft. You know, the way that the offseason is ordered where the draft comes first and then free agency, so I don't necessarily agree with that. But but you, but you you don't think that they're not going to operate on draft night with some feeling with some feeling on what they I'm not trying to accuse them of tar- I don't know what would even be the the implications of that. But you've got to figure there's got to be some communication or some feeling for what, for which way the wind is blowing with this guy. I feel like in all likelihood, but I don't know that for sure. And I'm yeah. sure that plenty of other teams have operated under the assumption that, you know, one thing was going to happen in free agency. And then the exact like like when LeBron James left Cleveland the first time, I don't think they had any inclination that was going to happen. I don't, now, I don't know how that would have shaped, you know, the rest of what they would have done that offseason. But I don't think that you can necessarily go into it until... Uh, I think that you have to just work the draft and handle that part of your offseason and then worry about free agency. I don't think if I'm them, I don't think I can go into anything with the assumption that James Harden is or isn't coming back unless he sends you some sort of a message that he that you know one of the two things is happening. All right. I'm going to preface this discussion with this. Adam Spillane and I both have been pretty open on the H-Town Hoops podcast and in other places that the James Harden Houston Rockets reunion makes a lot of sense despite a lot of the noise and energy around it. Okay. It makes a lot of sense for basketball reasons. And just to be clear, these two parties think fondly of each other. You can like that. You can dislike that. Think whatever you want about it, but we're just here to speak to you the reality. So that's the reality of the situation. Want to preface that or preface this conversation by saying that. Now, let's do a little pros and cons, beard or no beard. I'll start with 
Adam's going to do the pros. I'll do the cons. So I'm going to start with the cons and allow Adam to respond and, and or offer a pro. All right. So first con on signing James Harden, the money. It's too expensive for the age that he's going to be by the end of it. Of course, we're talking 200 plus million dollars over four years, more than likely. And hey, James Harden is, let's see, I'm 34. So James Harden's got to be somewhere around there. 33, 34. I think he'll be 34 later on this year. So do you want to pay James Harden 40 plus 50, whatever, whatever much money would be by the time he's 38, the back end of a $200 million contract at age 38. What say you to a con like that? This is the only con to me. Like, this is it. This is the only one. I don't think the rest of them really have any validity to them. That being said, we're going to shoot. We're going to shoot them down anyway, though. I I don't think. I I don't think it's a guarantee that it's going to take the four years. So if you tell me four year max, that's different than maybe four years and, you know, there's so there's a lot of different ways that this could look. So if it's a four year max, yeah, that's a big con. Like it, it just is. That being said, you have the cap space. You got to spend it on somebody. And I just don't know if you're going to have those sorts of options out there. That would be better. Um, we've, we've, there, there are other players out there for sure. But are they going to be at that sort of a level? And James Harden is the best free agent out there. Like he is going to be the best free agent out there this summer. You could roll that cap space over a year if you want to. I think that option is there. They certainly it doesn't sound like they have any inclination to do that. And maybe you wait and maybe you make a run at Jalen Brown when he becomes a free agent next summer. But that's taking a risk if you because you might wind up with nobody. And now all of a sudden you have your caps. You you basically wasted your cap space because that disappears once you have to start signing your rookies or not your rookies, but the guys on your roster to their rookie extensions. And now you've wasted this opportunity. So to me. The, the the money and what it might cost you in the investment, that is the only con to this. All right. And but I don't know if it matters. Yeah, well, it, and that's, that's what I was hitting on earlier is that it perhaps won't because maybe management decides that the reward that they're getting on the front end is worth either paying on the back end or having to figure out a solution on the back end to, I don't know, maybe you're just doing a salary dump, trading the contract away if you can do it or what have you. We've seen that before, so that could that could be in the cards. All right, here's another comment. But let me, okay, let me, go ahead, let go me ahead, just add this too. Go ahead, go ahead. The hope is that the guys that you already have, you know, the Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason and Alperin Shingoon and K.J. Martin and yep. whoever they pick at four and whoever they pick at 20, that those guys are good enough to where Harden's contract in two years won't matter at all. Yeah. And he's basically just maybe he like you said, he, he just becomes a contract that you can trade if you want to try and, and land another player. So Harden becomes important the first two years of the contract. The hope is that the other guys are ready to really take over for him the last two years and paying Harden way too much money isn't quite that big a deal. Yeah, because it's important to keep in mind if you were to sign James Harden, if the Rockets were to sign James Harden this offseason. He would come on the team and immediately be their best player. Yes. But two years from now, three years from now, 
if he's still your best player or were to still be your best player, you'd have much bigger yes. problems on your hands than James Harden's contract because the implication is that those guys either, aren't good enough. Yeah, you either picked the wrong guys or did not develop them properly. Yes. Fair enough to say? Exactly. Okay. Another con. And this is just to throw it out there. Because we know it is out there. We've seen it. James Harden dribbles the ball too much, is too ball dominant, and therefore would stunt the growth of said developing players that we were just talking about. Yeah, that's that's just stupid. I mean, in, in all honesty, it, it's stupid. I've heard it. I, 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 and look, I don't disagree with you, but I've heard it from smart basketball people, people who play basketball, people who watch a lot of basketball, people who know basketball. I've heard it, and I just – I'm – I'm very surprised by it, I would say, that that's the analysis from people who actually watch. Not not folks that, that attach themselves to narratives and kind of pair it what they hear, but people who actually study the game to a degree. James Harden assists per game since leaving the Rockets. Uh, let's see, 2020-2021 with Brooklyn, 10.9. Uh, last year with Brooklyn and Philly, 10.3. This season with Philly, 10.7 which led the league and he has led the league. He led the league in assists with the Rockets in 2017 with 11.2. That's not a ball hog. That's a guy who understands how to run an offense and get you in, into an offense. Does he dribble the ball a lot to get himself shots? Absolutely. He does. But if you have other guys who can make plays and, you know, in finish other stuff, then he's going to get them the basketball. So, he was not the best player on his team this past season. He did not take the most shots. If he's the best player, oftentimes he's going to take the most shots. The hope is that he puts these guys in position to get really good shots, and eventually he doesn't have to be the best player on the offense. Yeah, man. I, As somebody that has been doing a little bit of memory lane for when the Rockets were good, and it's not an emotional attachment to James Harden or anything, man. It is, it is more of a, hey, I want to watch good basketball on a regular basis again, and not just on TV, but the the games that are closest to me, you know, so the NBA games that are closest to my house are played at Toyota Center, and I like the NBA. So I want to go and be able to go driving distance to a quality NBA game, you know, more than anything, okay? So I've been doing a lot of reminiscing and and looking back on it on those days, and people, I feel like, have so easily and readily forgotten how good those Rockets teams were, and not just how good they were. I'm talking about the you know this more recent James Harden run with you know let's call it you know 2018 2019 specifically. Not just how good they were, but why they were good, because they had a guy who could draw the attention of a defense and had the presence of mind to find the open guy with the right timing. I mean, you go back and look at that run, the one we did memory lane five year anniversary of the collapse in 2018 the pj tuckers of the world luke mbamute before uh the the injury gerald green trevor ariza you know i almost had even forgotten about trevor ariza second i'm like how could i forget about trevor ariza it's like hey man these guys had excellent shooting performances at times because of the penetration and kick that james harden was providing it seems like because he dribbled so much and because he did a lot of those drawing the foul acting jobs that aesthetically people just grew a distaste for his game and sort of just discredited it for what it actually was. 
And do you know how much money he made, Clint Capella, just with the Clint, lobs? Clint Capella. I, I, I played those those pieces of sound earlier. Yeah, for sure. James Harden is probably he's not he's not the best passer in the NBA. That's probably Jokic or LeBron or somebody like that. He's right up there. Like just the passes are on target when he makes them, and if you make yourself available, and he's going to find you. Um, so the whole no, and I, I don't get how you stunt a player's development if you are getting him open looks. Like you, you can stunt a player's development by putting him in a position where he cannot succeed. But if you put a player in a position where he is playing with one of the best basketball players of his era who is going to put him in the right places offensively and teach him quite a bit. I don't know how that stunts Jalen Green's development or how that stunts Jabari Smith's Jabari Smith's development. Yeah, well, you and I talked about this on our more recent episode of the H-Town Who's podcast, but I think part of it right now, or part of the concern that I would have is that Jalen Green doesn't really do much off the ball or doesn't seem to have developed much off the ball. But as we as we discuss, that's more of a Jalen Green and developmental problem, more of a, hey, learn how to be yeah. better off ball. Set a screen. Hey, so, or, or set a screen or uh, cut. How about the fact that you're more than likely faster than the, than the guy that's on the other side of you? Like Jalen Green himself, speed-wise, athletically, nine times out of ten is going to be the athletic mismatch. So why don't you exploit that? Why don't y'all run plays that exploit that? Set a, someone set a screen for you and, you know, work on your catch and shoot game. You know, work on your cutting game. Get some easy buckets to get you in rhythm since your jump shot is inconsistent. You know, like I think about different ways that they could sort of work around that. But certainly you hear that a lot. That With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. James Harden's a ball stopper, and somehow it's going to hurt everybody else around him from getting opportunities. That wasn't the kid that it seemed to work out. Look, James Harden and Chris Paul, two ball dominant guards that almost went to the damn NBA finals before Chris Paul's hamstring decided to give out on him on a non-contact injury. So, I mean, those two guys were able to do it, you know, and I know they didn't get along personally at the end there, but basketball wise, they were, they were able to coexist because they were smart basketball players. The idea is that, James Harden and hopefully Ime Udoka as well could help these young players become smarter, not just better, but smarter, which translates to better, uh, smarter basketball players. He might be a ball stopper. Uh, that's a perfectly fine you know, way to put it. He also is the leader of elite offenses. And, you know, they played, you know, Philly played at one of the slowest paces in the league this past season. They also had the third best offense. So, I don't care if they play slow as long as the offense is good. Now, if you're going to play slow and the offense is bad, then what's the point? The Rockets played at a pretty fast pace this past season. They had an awful offense. So what's the point? Like The the, the goal is to put the ball in the basket and to score points. If you're not doing that and playing fast, then what is the point? If you're doing that and playing slow, then fine. I just that That's befuddling to me. 
I'm going to give you one more shortcoming, and this one came up on the text line. I had it already, but sure enough, you know, one more con here. Of course, this was going to come up from the 713 on the trailer, wheel, and frame text line. Trailer, wheel, and frame. From the 713, he says, I'd rather suffer another year than bring Harden back. And then here's the kind that I want to throw to you. This might be my favorite one. And when I say favorite, I mean I hate it. His playoff shortcomings disgust me. Okay. <laughs> and we, you and I, and it's funny we're looking at each other because we've had this discussion on the podcast as well. But please respond to the idea that the Rockets, who struggled to win 20 games a season over the last few years, the idea that they would be worried about someone's playoff shortcomings as if they are competing in the playoffs. The Rockets would kill to have their best player fail in Game 7 of the conference semifinals right now yeah, man. because they have been completely irrelevant. They just want to get there. They're not worried about winning it right now. They just want to be in a position where they can get their players in, in uh, important playoff minutes or high-leverage minutes in games that actually matter and James Harden helps you get there. Now, whether or not he gets you over the hump, that's not the concern right now. The concern is getting these guys those reps because Jalen Green has been in the NBA for two years. He has not played in a game that matters. Probably the most important game that Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun have played in the last two years is the Rising Stars Challenge. That's it. So, yeah. like, when you have won 22 games, what a guy does in the playoffs does not matter. They are just trying to get there. And that's what and James Harden helps you get there. Is he going to help you win? I don't know. That's not the concern right now. The concern right now is getting there, getting these guys some playoff experience, and then hopefully when the Jalen Greens and the Jabari Smiths and the whoever they draft in this draft uh, uh, next month, once those guys are good and you hope that they develop the right way, then you don't need Harden as much. You don't need him. He's just kind of an ancillary piece by that point. But right now, you're just trying to get to the point where you were playing competitive games in January. Last year, they started the season 2-12. and 12. The season's over by that point. The year before, they were 1-16. The season's over. You're not playing for any... That's, a, that's, a, that's most of your season where you're not playing for anything. So you just need to be in the opportunity because the, the best way to hurt a guy's development is to have him in a position where the games don't matter. And that's what the Rockets have been the last two years. The games have not mattered essentially from Thanksgiving on. Earlier in the show, Adam, I took us down the trip back down memory lane and revisited the five-year anniversary or on the five-year anniversary of them blowing the 3-2 lead against the Golden State Warriors. I revisited that not just to wallow in misery, but also to think of a time when they were playing relevant basketball and longing for a time when they could choke a 3-2 lead in a conference finals, because that means you were there. That means you were doing the right things. Maybe it didn't work out for you, but you were pretty damn close. And that's really all you can ask for.